The Print Files, where we bring you the inside story on the printing industry by Print21, the people who know print. Welcome, folks, to The Print Files, the podcast from Print21. My name's Grant McCarran, and as ever, I'm joined by Wayne Robinson, the editor of Print21 and the host of this show. Wayne, over to you. Yeah, thanks, Grant, and good day, and welcome, everyone, to the next episode of It's Been a Big Month in Print from The Print Files, the podcast for the print industry, where we dig deep into the big issues, trends, and stories impacting the industry each month. I'm Wayne Robinson, editor of the Print21 Media Hub. And I'm Lindy Hewson, publisher of Print21 and of PK and Packaging News. Well, Wayne, another month has rolled by. So let's start with what's not only been big news in print, but big news for everyone. The ongoing situation at the top of Australia Post. We've just witnessed extraordinary testimony from former CEO Christine Holgate coming the day after OzPost announced its new CEO, Paul Graham. Now, what does this all mean for print? Well, Lindy, Print is a major customer, of course, of OzPost, even though OzPost has spent years downgrading mail and letters. Um, Christine Holgate was no great supporter of mail, uh, but she was no enemy either. Mailhouse bosses I've spoken to felt she was opening to, open to listening. She was opposed to the breakup of OzPost, which some people think was the reason, the real reason she was fired or she, she left the role. Um, her predecessor, of course, Ahmed for her, was the bete noir of the industry. Uh, the successor, Paul Graham, will have to wait and see. But clearly, with uh, 20 years of DHL, uh, one could safely assume that parcels is going to be his focus. Um, Christine Holgate uh, spent uh, three years with Australia Post. She was on a uh, salary that was a lot less than Ahmed for hers. Uh, she was the reason that she went over the watches, uh, of course, is, is a hot topic. The, fr- the fr- post office franchisees, for whom the deal was an indirect reward for the people that got a deal for them over the line, uh, they love her and they think she should be reinstated. Uh, but for, for print and for, for print as regards to mail, um, her successor, well, he's clearly a, a competent businessman, worked for Woolworths, worked for DHL, worked as a consultant. So we've got, we have to hope that uh, he's open to listen to the print industry, to the mail industry, and that he sees letters not as fourth on his list, as he said in his opening statement, uh, of priorities, but as a, as a high priority. We know, uh, and uh, research from the likes of uh, Real Media Collective uh, and Malcolm Old, the guru, the marketing guru that uh, writes for Print21, uh, will tell you that direct mail in particular uh, is the number one channel for response. Um, Malcolm's column in this upcoming issue of Print21, the May-June issue, uh, I've just read it, and uh, he'll say that digital communication is basically hopeless without printed backup. Um, so printed mail is really important, and the industry hopes that the new guy, Paul Graham, will uh, have a focus on it, will recognize it for what it is, uh, and will put resource behind it and won't just ignore it as a legacy uh, that uh, is something to be downgraded until it dies. Gosh, yeah, we have to hope for that. So staying with changes at the top this month in print, we've seen Andrew McCauley, the CEO of Print Employers Association, PVCA, has announced that he's leaving five years after he stepped into the hot seat. Now, how do you think this is going to play out? Oh, well, that's a big question, Lindy. I mean, on the, on the immediate um, front, the uh, PVCA board is now advertising for a general manager, interestingly, rather than a CEO. Uh, they're looking uh, inside the industry to start with. Uh, they've got a few uh, names that they're looking at, and then and they're open to suggestions. 
Uh, Andrew McCauley's successor will come in to a very different situation to the one that he arrived in, which um, printers who have been in the industry for a few years, more than five years, will remember. At the time, PVCA had been through the most tumultuous period in its entire 140-year history. Eight months of uh, division, chaos, accusation, um, which resulted in three presidents in three months, board members resigning, all coming from the uh, association dealing with the ramifications of the digitization of the business world, changing nature of print. Andrew McCauley came into that role and uh, stability has ensued. PVCA, like any association, uh, could have gone in various directions, but uh, Macaulay, together with the chairman, the president, Walter Kuhn, who's been president for four of those five years, has brought in a period of stability. So Macaulay's successor will be coming into a very different situation. There's no exact timeline. Macaulay will stay until the successor is, uh, is in place. And certainly, um, as you mentioned there, Andrew McCauley made a lot of changes over the years, um, some that have been very good for the industry. What what could you summarize as his key contributions? Uh, yeah, McCauley has uh, brought in a lot to the PVCA. The, the association, when he joined it, had 50 staff members, uh, which was way in excess. It was a legacy situation, way in excess of the number of members uh, that could be supported by the number of members. Uh, there's now just three full-time staff members and uh, t- two or three on retainer. Um, the FUVCA is back in the black after years in the red, which is a, which is quite an achievement. Um, the state offices have all been closed down. Uh, member services, Macaulay and the rest of the board will tell you, are at a level uh, the same or higher than they were before, but just produced and delivered in a much more efficient manner. Um, Macaulay has... Uh, Walk the Corridors of Power, one of his big contributions to the PVCA and to print to the industry in general and to printers is to give it a profile, a voice within, in, in Canberra. He's done that through his own network, his own contacts, uh, and through initiatives such as Print to Parliament, which see printers and uh, politicians and policymakers gather once a year uh, under the, uh, national, the National Print Awards are shown to the politicians. And it's a meet and greet talk fest. He has uh, ins- instigated... Uh, Campaigns, successful campaigns, uh, Print in Australia was a big initiative where they uh, tried to persuade government and government-funded institutions or tried to show them that spending uh, tax dollars on Australian print rather than Chinese print was more beneficial to the economy, even though it might be 150% more expensive than sending the money to China. Of course, that money actually stays in Australia. People pay taxes on it. People pay mortgages with it. People buy food with it. Uh, so that was uh, quite a successful campaign. His relationship with AMWU has been good. Lorraine Casson and uh, Andrew McCauley seem to get on quite well. They obviously fought each other's territory, uh, but it was a respectful relationship. Macaulay uh, wasn't everyone's cup of tea, of course. You know, everyone knows him. He's a he's a he's a character. There were some uh, big clashes with some big personalities. Uh, who wanted to do things a certain way, but it has, has to be said, the board has uh, continually backed him all the way since he came in. Uh, membership now of the PVCA, which is the biggest organ, biggest association in print, uh, is around 750, which is 250 less than it was when he came, but it's been stable for a couple of years. Um, so all in all, his contribution will has to be seen as one of stability, of profile raising. Uh, one thing I haven't mentioned is that he's been a very strong advocate of training and of, of trying to instigate a national training program for the print industry because TAFEs have been pulling out of print left, right and centre because it's expensive, much easier just to do online stuff, paying for machines to be in situ, tutors takes a lot of money. Uh, But Macaulay has been really strong and keen on on, uh, instigating a national training setup. uh, The search now begins for a new 
uh, a new person, uh, whether he'll have the same level of executive power or general manager, or will step into one or the other, we yet to see. Macaulay will go off to back to the business world. And good luck to him. He certainly has made a significant contribution. And he's been doing so against the backdrop of a very dynamic, fast-changing industry. And one that like much of manufacturing, has taken a major hit from COVID. Now, Print21 has just reported the actual figures based on paper imports, and what do they show? Well, Lindy, in a word, they're a shocker. Um, I mean, we all know that manufacturing in general, printing particularly, particularly in the first three and then the second three months and, and longer in Victoria, uh, took a real hit last year. And, and everyone knows the stats don't lie. Uh, communication paper imports declined by 37% over the year. That's 312,000 tonnes that weren't imported. Um, the uh, figures for the third quarter were, were terrible. Volumes overall were down by 56% in July. That's more than half. 48% in August, 46% in September. And, and that uh, doesn't really tell the half of it. Um, lightweight coated mechanical papers, the, the papers that are used to produce uh, glossy magazines, uh, catalogs, they were down by more than half as well, 55%. Coated wood-free papers, the typical uh, papers that are used for brochures, that kind of thing, and sheet-fed offset printers and digital machines, down by 35%. Uh, worst of all, of course, was uh, wood-free mechanical papers used for newspapers and the like, directories, down by two-thirds. It was a terrible year for print. Uh, of course, there were sectors within print, packaging, labels, floor graphics, so you couldn't gain enough floor graphic material, uh, but the general commercial trade uh, really suffered. Um, the first quarter of this year, was a massive uh, 45% lower, or January was 45% lower in January 2021 than January 2020. So uh, it's printers, commercial print has still got a long way to go. Situation in New Zealand, very similar. Overall figures down by 28%. Coated mechanical down by 44%. Coated wood free down by 44% or 24%. So it was a really uh, huge year uh, in terms of reduction of print. Of course, we had JobKeeper, rent assistance, uh, no no uh, protection from uh, winding up orders. Uh, but now print has to get back and get uh, get going again uh, in the new normal. Uh, and hopefully the economy, all the signs are looking good. Interest rates are still on the floor. Housing's booming. Stock market's booming. Retail's back. So let's hope that uh, the print industry can uh, ride on the back of that. Well, those are rather distressing figures, to say the least. Um, and it's hard to say whether there will be a recovery. We've seen a fantastic um, boom in the manufacturing sector, a lot of investment going on there, certainly on the packaging side of things. Do you think on printing, though, in your heart of hearts, that we'll see a recovery to pre-COVID levels? Uh, well, yes and no. Uh, the <laughs> no is that uh, some, I mean, newspapers clearly are, uh, are on the way out. You only got. I looked. I watched a tram going through a big city centre the other day, uh, and then 20 years ago, half the people on that tram would have been reading newspapers. Uh, on the day I saw it a couple of weeks ago, not a single person was reading a newspaper. They're all on the smartphones. So newspapers are finished. Catalogues. Uh, there's some. We know that Coles has stopped its catalogues. Kmart's thinking about stopping them. Uh, so those big high volume areas um, may well struggle to get back to where they were, but. Communication and graphic communication uh, is still a, a key component in, in uh, communication. And what we are seeing is that companies that are uh, finding a niche and moving out of 
bog standard work commodity print, we call it, where you can do what everyone else can do, and they're actually finding a niche and then owning that niche and investing in it. They're the ones that are doing really well. And Print21 has reported on a few of these recently. And in fact, Centrum Print, which we have uh, Sandra Duarte, a CEO of Centrum Print, has just done the uh, Leaders in Print podcast. Centrum Print is a great example. It was a commercial printer until seven years ago. Then they really repivoted completely, bought two huge KBA presses and became a large format offset trade offset trade printer, printing the, you know, the point of sale materials, that kind of thing for the trade. Um, Herod's printing, which many in the Melbourne area will know, uh, John Herod and Associates started in 1963 as a general commercial printer many, many years. And then when the Sons took it over, uh, Paul and Mike took it over, they pivoted it into a specialist label printer and especially in-mold label printer, which is quite specialist. Um, they, they invested in it. And that company has just grown and grown. And it's now operating out of three sites. And in fact, it has just printed only one as reported. It's just been bought by MCC, Multicolor Corporation, one of the world's big, biggest label printers, 9,000 staff, 70 countries. Uh, and they've just bought Herod's because... Um, Herod's, which was a general, they would never have looked at it, of course, it was a general commercial printer, but because it's pivoted into this. And, and um, we'll talk about a company later on, Dashing, which 10 years ago was a general commercial printer on the high street in uh, North Sydney and is now one of the biggest visual merchandising print and communication print companies in the country. So is, there, is print uh, dying? No, it's changing. It's changing rapidly and it's kind of beholden on print business owners to get their brains into gear, to seek inspiration, to talk to people and think about where their skill sets and their technology understanding can really make a difference. And it can. There are opportunities out there, as those three companies I just mentioned talk about. Yeah, well, certainly as you and I have both seen as we've been reporting um, in PKN and Print21, packaging is offering an opportunity for progressive businesses. And now you've talked about Herod's. Uh, that was a great example um, with the with the IML, the in-mold labeling, um, and they're pivoting towards or shifting their business in time with the foresight and vision into that area. And we are seeing other commercial printers looking at packaging very seriously, uh, whether it's digital, um, whether it's flexible pouches, uh, whether it's labels, um, and it's really good to see from a packaging perspective. Now, I see that Print21 reported the latest forecast from Smithers for flexibles in particular. What did that show? Well, they showed, first of all, that, uh, again, the COVID year, uh, there was a significant drop in uh, flexibles, mainly from industrial flexibles um, or flexibles for industrial packaging. 5.5%, the figures dropped overall. This is a global figure. Uh, but they do show that flexibles will return. Smithers, which is a, a renowned and serious uh, research agency, is saying that there'll be a compound annual growth rate of 3.4% for the next five years, which kind of, uh, if you tot all that up, adds up to about in five years' time, they think the flexibles market will be about 25% bigger than it is now. So that's a, a great uh, area for print businesses to look at. Uh, we've already seen several, and Print21 has reported over the last two or three years on several um, print businesses, for instance, that have started up pouch-making uh, print lines with a digital press and some finishing equipment, some laminating. Moving out of commercial commodity print uh, is possible, as we've just mentioned at, at length, um, but it's more than just uh, buying a new machine. There's more to it than that, of course. Uh, but the, you know, the, the, where the market is growing, where the money is, uh, that's where print businesses can look to. 
Yeah, it's certainly interesting to see, uh, particularly at a time when there is this strong push in packaging to implement fiber-based packaging versus plastic. That's not to say that plastic is losing its foothold. We're seeing a lot of initiatives in flexible packaging to ensure that uh, that flexible packaging as a resource can be recovered. But at the same time, there is a strong shift to looking at paper alternatives. We've seen Nestle, for example, just last week announced that its whole Smarties range will not only be in paper-based packaging. At the same time, for its KitKat range, it's looking um, with a focus on its on finding a circular solution for its flexible packaging there. So it's a host for courses. Different products require different packaging applications, different packaging solutions. And it's up to each printer and each packaging converter to find that niche that's going to work best for the market that they service. Um, we've also seen this week, and I saw that you reported on it too, that Woolworths is really finding it's it's hitting its straps rather with with getting the rollout going for its paper bags. It has successfully moved away completely from single-use plastic shopping bags and has invested with partner Debtpack um, in scaling up its rollout of manufacturing paper bags locally, which is a really good news story for us. Yeah, that's right. Debtpack in South Australia. Uh, it's taken on 25 new staff. It has um, installed two new bag-making lines with printing, flexo-printing on the end of them. Um, as you say, um, paper-based, fiber-based packaging. Uh, we've, we, we, run, we continually run stories about fiber-based packaging. Even Johnny Walker Whiskey is going to come in a fiber-based package with some kind of barrier. But technology is is and research and development in the fiber world is moving all the time. And this is good news for printing. But of course, as you as you rightly say, flexible packaging will be around for a long time, partly because it is now being recycled. And the circular economy, of course, means hopefully one day it'll all be recyclable, 100% recycled. We've had a story this week about, uh, on the sustainable front, uh, Saw Print, which is a well-known environmental pioneer uh, in the printing industry based in Auckland. Saw Print has just been chosen as one of the case studies uh, in the Climate Action Toolbox uh, that the Sustainability Alliance has launched over there. And uh, any printer who knows Fred Saw, give him a call. He'll be happy to talk to you uh, about the simple steps that printing businesses can take to improve their to improve their sustainability, to reduce their carbon footprint. In, in this case study, he just talks about replacing all his lights with LED lights, how he did it, what it cost, what the benefits were. And, of course, one of the main benefits, quite aside from the fact that you're con your, your own business contribution to the uh, climate change action and, and helping the planet to recover from where we've taken it to, uh, is that uh, many clients of print businesses, of course, uh, want to hear your story about how you are as a printer reducing your carbon footprint because they want to then go back to their stakeholders and say that they're using suppliers who are reducing their carbon footprint. Uh, and Sawprint is a great example of a company that does that. Yeah, well, I've had the privilege of visiting Fred Saw and his team um, and at their Auckland facility and certainly was impressed when I visited there for of all the steps that they've taken. This is not their first award that they've won or their first bit of recognition that they've had on sustainability. So it's really fantastic to see. Now, for 20 years, large format media was on an unstoppable growth trajectory. Every quarter since the turn of the century, we've seen an uptick in spend on outdoor media, save for two quarters following the GFC. Last year, however, was a shocker. With a 40% plunge, spend on print went from 414 million to 244 million. Has the first quarter of this year been any better, Wayne? 
<laughs> well, that's a yes and no answer as well. <laughs> you specialize in those. <laughs> well, this, this, it seems so. This, this, um, you're right. You know, last year, forty percent. I mean, that's as you know, that's as bad as the commercial world. Forty percent of outdoor spend uh, was chopped off, and of course, because no one's going to work, so billboards and the whole ecosystem is set up to attack, attract people's attention on the on the daily commute. Uh, nothing was being spent on it because there's no one was commuting. Um, this quarter, uh, the spend is down. Uh, the first quarter, that's January, February, March, uh, but the um, March quarter. Uh, is up. Uh, so the Outdoor Media Association is saying, look, we've, we seem to have turned a quarter, even though spend is down overall. And, you know, associations, of course, always try and put a positive spin on their particular turf. Um, but they're saying even though the, the quarter was down, actually March, there's been a turnaround. And, and we can understand that because um, people are spending, the economy is according to all the signs on the up again the jobless total is back to where it was pre-covid remarkably um so uh, an outdoor media and large form media is a kind of barometer of the economy because it's only up there if people are going to be spending so yeah in uh, big picture terms yes it's looking better but uh, there was a big no in there as well yeah, so ups and downs seem to be order of the day for most of the categories we've been discussing. Now, uh, let's move on to events because I see, as you know, we, we're all getting quite excited because we're starting to um, smell an event in the air again. We've got a pack print coming up in September, which is really great. We've got some other shows across the packaging industry happening as well. This is good news for the wide format printers who supply um, most of the graphics in this instance. Yeah, absolutely right. Um, events are coming back. One in particular that uh, is of interest to our industry was the Shop Awards. Uh, this is the retail sector who give our awards for their suppliers. Uh, and some of the big visual merchandising companies in our field, uh, Active Display Group, I've uh, won a hatful of gongs. They won five gold medals each. Dashing won the People's Choice Award. Uh, visual merchandising is going to become an increasingly a lucrative sector for print businesses who are in that field because retailers uh, have to differentiate themselves, have to give people something to get them into the store. You can buy an Apple iPhone online now or you can go into the store and buy it. Why would you bother going into the store? There's got to be a reason to do it. It's possibly even cheaper to buy it online. And same for anything, clothes in particular. Uh, you can buy it online or you can go into the store the brands and the retailers, the store owners, have to give people an experience and a, and a great customer experience so that people will keep coming back to the store and they won't just sit at home because obviously stores are expensive. Um, so for visual merchandising companies, which is another way of saying printers that offer far more than just a, a cutout of Steve War or, or whatever it is, um, can really tap into this field. And we, I mentioned earlier, briefly mentioned a company called Dashing. Ten years ago, it was just a, a, a commercial printer on Sydney High Street. Now it's a very strong leading company uh, in that field. And the margins in that field are obviously higher because you're not looking at commodity print. If you go into David Jones and they say, we want you to fit out our level two women's clothing store, Here's, a, here's the brands you talk, you know, you've got to come up with concepts, designs, an experience, a strategy, uh, and of course, the print, the printed product. Um, so it's, 
in that area year as the print business are becoming far more involved with the customer than just supplying them with business cards or whatever. Of course, business cards or whatever uh, will always be there. But these are areas where print businesses can make a mark and can make a difference and where print is actually growing. You go, if you look at a store of you know, a David Jones or a JB Hi-Fi now compared with 10 or 20 years ago, the amount of print and the quality and the brilliance of the print on display and the reason for it uh, is, far, is way in excess of what it, what it was 10 years ago. And in 10 years' time, it will be more again. So, yeah, the, those, uh, the, the events that are back are great. It's great to see them coming back. Printers will benefit from those. But, yeah, there are opportunities within events within and particularly in this event highlights visual merchandising so yeah well done congratulations to i've congratulations to active display group congratulations to dashing and to all the other winners at that event well wayne it certainly has been a big month in print and what i can conclude from what we've discussed today is that reinvention is the name of the game if you're going to stay in the game absolutely right you know it's it's um it's certainly as i report as print 21 reports on companies Week in, week out, as we do, like no one else in the, it, it does, we see this story again and again. As I mentioned earlier, it's not a simple thing. You've got to really uh, to be prepared to invest in it, to go down a path, to make mistakes. But for those that make, that go down it and actually do it, we're seeing some really great success, success stories. Yeah, well, that wraps up the second episode of It's Been a Big Month in Print. Thanks to our printing industry audience for listening. As ever, we do value your feedback. And can I remind you that we have two episodes of the Print Files Leading in Print series on the Print21 News website and on your favorite podcast platforms. Wayne has spoken to Deborah Burgess from Bright Print Group and Sandra Duarte from Centrum Print. And they certainly make interesting, enjoyable listening. With more to come over the coming weeks. Yeah, they're a great listen. Uh, I highly recommend that. But now it's time for me, Lindy Houston, to say goodbye. And it's goodbye from me, Wayne Robinson. Well, Lindy and Wayne, thank you very much. Uh, very much appreciated this episode with a great re- recap on what's new in the print world in April. And uh, we're looking forward to bringing you many more episodes, including the monthly recaps in the not-too-distant future. And uh, until then, have a great day. The Print Files podcast is produced by Southern Skies Media on behalf of Print21, owned and published by Yaffa Media. The views of the people featured on this podcast do not necessarily represent those of Print21, Yaffa Media, or the guest's employer. The contents are copyright by Yaffa Media. If you wish to use any of this podcast audio, please contact Print21 via their website, that's print21.com.au, or send an email to editor at print21.com.au. You can subscribe to The Print Files via your preferred platform and read all the latest news on the printing industry at print21.com.au. You've been listening to a Yappa Media Podcast.